0: Impact of Influence, the tragic story of a powerful South Carolina family and the mysterious deaths that they are linked to. So glad you're joining us again. First timers, welcome. We love it that you have been sharing this and giving in the so lovely five star reviews. I am Matt Harris. She is Seton Tucker. Good day, Seton. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. It's a good Big episode, because we are talking to an ER doctor later in this episode, and he's going to comment on the few pages that were released by Alex's attorneys about the September 14th shooting and his head wound. So we're going to dive into that with an ER doctor, and that's pretty cool, because there's been a lot of questions about that, whether it was real, fake, this or that, or could it happen? ER doctor will give his opinion. But we begin with the 911 calls on September 4th. And we want to start with the witness. So we will begin with that. Again, this is the day, September 4th. If you're just joining us, what happened on that day was Alec Murdoch reported that he had been shot by someone helping him as he had a flat tire. We later find out that, according to Alec, he Alec says he hired Eddie Smith to shoot him In his suicide for hire, Pat, get $10 million for his son, Buster. And Eddie says, that's not the way it went down. You can listen to our previous episodes to get deets on that. But let's begin. Here is September 4th, call to 911 by some people who saw IOC on the side of the road.
1: Hampton County nine one one where's your emergency?
2: Yes, um, we're on Salkahatchee Road, and uh-huh. there is a man on the side of the road with
1: blood all over him, and he's waving his hands. He just laying there, fle- waving his hands around? Fine, he looks fine, but it kind of looks like a setup, so we didn't stop. Oh, I don't blame you. What area of Salkahatchee Road are you on? All I can okay. tell you is we're
2: like halfway yeah. down Salkahatchee Road. Well, let me get my
1: deputies in that area to see what's going on. Can you give me a description of that male?
2: Um, I'm going to say he's probably in his 40s. Okay. He's not very large, but he's kind of heavy set. Uh, okay. White hair, and it's a black, some kind of SUV, like a smaller Kia SUV or something. Uh
1: huh. Kia. Yeah. And it stopped where he's at. Say so what? I- you said that SUV is stopped where he's at? I, I couldn't
2: understand what you said.
1: The SUV is right where he's at as well?
2: It's pulled over on the side of the road. There's no damage to the SUV. Mm-hmm. It's just the caution lights on. Okay. The trunk, the trunk of it was open.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let me get my deputy headed at that area. What's your name and a good contact number for you? Bill, Um. I have my uh, uh, deputy headed out that way, okay? All right. All right. So thank you. No problem.
0: Well, a couple of takeaways from that uh one is they say there is blood all over him though he looks fine
3: yeah they say he didn't lo- appear to be injured
0: and because he is, although he's bloody he's bloody and they say it looks like a setup which I assume they're referring to for those who don't know this road is very rural it we've both have been down at seat and I when we were down there looking around in this case and you could see how someone might think okay when they say it's a setup as in they're going to pull over, and then someone's going to carjack us or something right, like that. Right, someone's
3: going to jump out and rob, right. rob them.
0: Now, Alex is going to be happy that he said he was in his 40s, because Alex is in his 50s. And Alex not going to be happy, because he said it was a Kia, but it was actually a... Mercedes. Uh, Mercedes. <laughs> He's like, why don't I pay for the Mercedes? And they think it looks like a Kia. So, he, uh, uh, this blood all over him. They say the trunk is open. That's another thing worth mentioning, because that's when Alex was trying to make it look like... A flat tire maybe he was fixing the tire
3: but he's waving his his hands around and you know just seemed suspicious to them it, so much so that they did not want to pull over and assist him
0: and we should also point out that we did a little bit of editing on that one only because they go through a lot of trying to figure out where on Sakahachi Road they were uh, and and specifically which location and so I don't think You needed to go through all that, so we kept. We just want to let you be very clear that we did edit a little bit now. We did not edit any of this first, uh, Alec Murdoch call to 911 on September 4th. Let's hear that.
2: 10th, you 911. was your emergency? On um, Hatchy Road. Okay, what's the address on Sockhead Road? I'm by the church. Uh, what church? By by. What church are you talking about? Uh, I don't know the name of it with the red roof. Okay, what end of Sockhead Road? Cause I don't know what you're talking about. Um, at the Hampton County side. Okay. What's going on? I stopped, I got a flat tire, mm-hmm. and I stopped, and somebody stopped to help me. And when I turned my back, they tried to shoot me. Oh, okay. Were you shot? Yes, but okay. I mean, I'm okay. You shot where? Where were you shot at? Huh? Did they actually shoot you or they tried to shoot you? They shot me, but... Uh- Okay, wait, you need EMS? Uh, well, I mean, yes, I I can't drive. Okay. And I'm bleeding a lot. Where, where part of your body? Uh, I'm not sure, somewhere on my head.
4: Your head? my head.
2: Somebody just stop for me, ma'am. Um, for 911. Okay, still? Hey. Okay, let me speak to him, see if he can tell me exactly where you are talking at you, brother. Oh, right here by the church, this red church. Oh, no, that church? No, sir, I can run up there. Yes, okay. The barrel, uh-huh. Red the uh-huh. Yeah, hurry, please. Uh-huh. Okay, about two miles from this area. Okay, and now, what's your to- name? I'm still here. Alex I'm going to stay on the line with you. What what's your you name? Alex to- Murdoch. To- Alex Murdoch? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you see you were driving, you got a flat tire, somebody stopped to help you, and they shot you? Well, they pulled over, yes, ma'am, like they were going to help me. Okay, stay on the line with me. We're going to get some. I'm bleeding pretty bad. Okay. Stay on St. John's Missionary Church. St. John Missionary Church? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Right and can you give me a description of the person that shot you or shot at you? Yes, ma'am. I mean, okay. it was a okay. right. a, well, let me get a white fella. What's uh, for you? I'd say um, a white male, uh-huh. a fair amount younger than me. uh... Okay. Really, really short hair. You see.
1: have
2: an ambulance coming in? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Stay on the line. I got them on the way. You think one of y'all can drive me to the hospital? Uh, yes, sir. You want to get the trunk, though, because i got a baby and these to in the back. You think one of y'all could get in this car and drive me? Uh, yes, sir. I They're going to drive me to the hospital. Ma'am? Ma'am? I'm still here, sir. So they, they're on the way. Don't hang, hang up.
0: Okay, that was uh, unedited. We left everything in on that call. He got disconnected. He calls back, and we'll get to that in a moment. Seton, takeaways?
3: Okay, so what seemed really strange for me is that he doesn't really mention that he was shot until almost a minute into that conversation. Well, I she think. doesn't ask, though. No, she doesn't ask. For 48 seconds... You know, he seems really calm for someone who has just been shot in the head. Um, Also, the obvious, the description of Eddie doesn't match what he tells the 911.
0: That's probably on purpose when we look back, right? Right. Now that we know that he claims he paid Eddie. So he has really, really short hair, overcompensated for the fact that Eddie has long hair.
3: He seems really calm, but he also doesn't sound like someone who is wanting to commit suicide. I mean, he's asking for an ambulance. He... You know, says he's bleeding pretty badly. You know, he's seeking medical attention. That doesn't seem like someone who's necessarily wanting to kill themselves.
0: Well, at that point, let's play the devil's advocate. Whatever they say that he's very high. When I say they, his attorneys say he was very high that day. He also had Smitty attempt the suicide deal, but if it didn't go, doesn't go right. Well, then he's got to. Go along with the story at that point.
3: And lots of people try to kill themselves and then change their minds midway through. Um, But I also thought it was interesting that someone actually did stop. I mean, we heard the first caller who was definitely things seemed off to that caller. They did not want to stop. This person actually did stop. And so I think there were a lot of questions about this mystery, Good Samaritan, who stopped? But now from the 911 call, it does appear that this person actually does exist.
0: Uh, What is— a side note, weird thing to me is that they're going to drive him. He says the a young lady was driving to the hospital, white Nissan Rogue. It's a very nice young lady, but I assume you would want an ambulance to come. They never tell you to, like, if you see somebody injured on the side of the road, throw them in the back of your car and drive them to a the hospital. Well, I but think this, they
3: were so rural that maybe they just felt like it was, nice taking, it was taking so long for the ambulance to get there and to, but that maybe they felt not, like it, they needed to get somewhere more quickly than they didn't want to wait on the ambulance. But I do think most people would just wait on the ambulance.
0: Right. I don't do blood in my car and I'm not, you don't look like it's life threatening. But so he gets disconnected. Uh, and that's, do you want to go to the third call now? After they lost connection and he's got the young lady driving to the hospital in a Nissan Rogue. We did edit a little bit of this one, just a little bit, because there's a lot of, silence, and it seems to be a little disorganized or confused as to who's... Like, the operator is talking to the ambulance. I think she's talking to police. She's talking, so there's and a you can also
3: hear other people in the background talking, other operators, so it's yeah. just a lot of dead space. So
0: we just took some of that out, but nothing that that Alec was saying or nothing that was important to the, the call. It was just downtime or the 911 operator talking to... Services to get them out here. But here here's the, the rest of that call. Is it cranked?
2: Yeah, it should be correct. It? It okay. Okay, now it is. Nine one one, where's your emergency? Yes, ma'am, my lawsuit. You. This young lady is driving me to the hospital. She's
1: carrying you to the hospital? Yes,
2: ma'am. <clears throat> okay. And who is this? This is Alec Murdoch. I was on the phone a minute ago. Okay. All right. Okay. They
1: said, he said this somebody's taken him to the hospital. Okay.
2: Oh, you know what? We got a we Got Ma'am,
1: I need the ambulance. You need the ambulance? Okay. Where are you? Are you still in the same location? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Which way are y'all heading? Are y'all still, are y'all driving down the road? No, ma'am.
2: I I got a flat tire.
1: Okay. All right. Sit sit tight right there, okay? Ma'am? Okay. Yes, sir. We're still here. We're still here. Hold on. We're dispatching now, giving them information.
2: Where, Where are you at? I want to get this all over your car. All right, now they're taking me to the hospital. Okay,
1: so which where are y'all traveling?
2: Um,
1: we're coming down South Hatchie Road to the Hampton Hospital. Y'all coming down Hatchie? Ma'am. Y'all coming down Hatchie Road to your ho- to the hospital? Yes,
2: ma'am. Okay, there. They said they said that
1: they're coming down. They're coming down. Stock head to already heading towards the hospital. But all right, we're gonna keep EMS en route to you, okay? Okay. Are
2: you,
1: of Are you coming off of Walterburg Highway?
2: Uh, we'll be at Walterburg Highway in ten minutes or so. They
1: said in about ten minutes. They said they'll be at Walterburg Highway.
2: They're here.
1: Okay. I'm gonna hang
2: out now.
0: Okay. So again, we did edit a little bit of that, just but nothing that Alex, but any Alex words that are on there. Even you could catch some of the background stuff. He's explaining to the the woman in the Nissan Rogue. I can hear him say, "I was getting a flat tire." He's like, he's telling her the story. Yeah. In the background, and then he tells her again the other. The nine one one operator, she's like, "Are you going to drive to the hospital?" No, flat tire. Does not anybody remember my story about the flat tire? I know. <laughs> How about the bullet in your head, Alec?
3: Definitely telling himself that we don't again. We do not laugh,
0: but it just—he's
3: talking to it. Don't, I know it's 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 just bizarre as are so many things with this whole Murdoch mess. And but he's so
0: like, and he wasn't the the tragedy of the homicides too when he called nine one one of his wife and son. Very Southern polite with the yes sir, no sir, he's, yes ma'am, no, all the way I mean, this. I
3: might be like, I've been bleeping, bleeping shot in yes. the bleeping head. I mean, I'm he...
0: Ble- even hear him say to the, the woman in the Rogue, I don't want to get this all over your car. Right. You he say he, say he says
3: yes ma'am to the operator many times. He's still... He's very calm on both of these 911 he, calls. He
0: knows what... Well, in this case, he knows that it was all a set-up thing. I assume he thinks he's not dying, I would assume.
3: The only thing we don't really find out from the 911 calls is we know that there was an air ambulance that came and picked him up and took him to the Savannah Memorial Hospital, and um, we don't know the details of exactly how that happened. I'm, I'm thinking it's something when they assessed him in the ambulance that they made that decision. I mean, he was headed to Hampton Hospital, which is not a level one trauma center. So if they felt he needed a level one trauma center, he would either go to MUSC or Savannah.
0: Yes. Okay, so let's uh, go to our ER doctor. Alex, medical records made in the hours after the September 4th shooting where he claimed he was being shot, and we went through that. The records were released to Alex's attorneys, who then released them to the state, which is a newspaper, the Island Packet newspaper and Buford Gazette newspaper. Uh, Harpootlian, Dick Harpoollian and Jim Griffin gave those outlets the records. And they aren't full records, but they are partial records. And so we wanted to get a take of an ER doctor on what his take on these was. Introduce us to our physician.
3: Yes, we have Dr. Dan Brown. He's been an ER doctor in the state of South Carolina for over 20 years, and we just thought it would be best to bring on an expert to help us break down these medical records. Uh, Welcome, Dr. Brown. And I think, Matt, you've got the first question.
0: Uh, So I assume you've seen the report that was released by Alec Murdoch's attorneys. What what jumps out at you when you read that uh, report?
5: Well, I, it's I, it's not a report. I've got four pages um, selected out of a um, you know a medical record that's apparently much longer than that. Um,
3: I think that is important to note that they've released only selected portions of it. So obviously they're going to release the portions that are benefiting them the
0: most. So yeah, well, D- uh, Dick Harpoulian said that they couldn't get all the records. At one point, he said he couldn't get them all for some reason. So anyway, what what do you, out of those four pages? What do you notice?
5: Well, there's quite a bit here. You know, the the paramedics on scene uh, noted that there were two wounds uh, on the top of the head and described what Mr. Uh, Murdoch, you know, related to them about what happened to him. Um, When he arrived in the emergency department, you know, he was placed in a trauma bay as a a level one uh, trauma evaluated there. The evaluation included a, a plain film skull X-ray that was read and interpreted as negative, and then he had a follow-up CT scan of the brain that revealed um, revealed injuries consistent with a gunshot wound uh, to the head.
3: Well, one thing, I uh, question I had is. How is the protocol with, if someone is coming in, are they automatically uh, classified as a level one, or does that happen when they get to the hospital?
5: No, that Um. happens based on the information uh, received Mm -hmm. before arrival. So typically, if a patient is in transport, um, there's a a call uh, over the radio to um, a physician in the uh, emergency department. uh, And... You know, information is relayed about the mechanism and nature of the injury, you know, uh, the status of the patient. And based on that, um, it, a decision is made whether to alert the full trauma uh, or to, you know, to activate the full level one trauma system, which would involve uh, having people um, paged, available, and ready to go if it's a level one trauma. But that's all done based on uh, information that's received prior to the patient's arrival.
0: Okay, you said that uh, the wound was consistent with a gunshot. Does that mean the bullet went through the skull or like skimmed off the skull or what does that mean?
5: Yeah, apparently in this case, um, the uh, the bullet entered uh, the scalp uh, from behind. Uh, the patient, um, did enough damage to the skull to cause a skull fracture and to, uh, to even, uh, reflect some, uh, bony particles forward. And then the bullet, um, exited, um, you know, towards the, the front of the patient and, uh, but also did enough damage to the brain or, you know, to the, Area around the brain to cause bleeding in the subdural space and the subarachnoid space. So he had intracranial bleeding as well. So it completely went through. The, the bullet, bullet itself never apparently penetrated through the skull.
3: Okay. So does that is that the reason why he was able to? Uh, Matt, do you want to do the timeline? Um, is because we're a lot of people have questioned how quickly the injury occurred. Versus when he got out of the hospital, it seemed like it was a pretty quick time frame. So- Sat-
0: Saturday uh, was the shooting and, and taken uh, by medevac away, and then Monday released.
5: Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I know that there's been some questions raised about why he was placed in the ICU and then why released so quickly. Um, in my experience, the way he was managed was exactly per protocol and exactly the way I would have managed him under the, you know, under this uh, setting, he came in, you know, any patient that, um, that we get a call in that has had a gunshot wound to the head, that mechanism alone is enough to make them a level one trauma. Uh, You know, the expectation is that that could do a lot of harm and we want to be ready, um, you know, to manage that and have the people there available and ready to do it. So a level one trauma would have been called, the system, that system would have been activated. In this particular case, he was an extremely lucky individual in the the sense that the bullet did not actually penetrate through the skull, although it it did fracture his skull and and cause some underlying bleeding. So the, the, you know, a very appropriate way to manage that would have been to put him in the ICU, Um, They ordered Q1-hour neurochecks, which is appropriate to make sure he doesn't deteriorate. Um, He didn't have enough blood there to um, necessitate that it be surgically evacuated. So he was placed, watched, had a repeat CT scan done, apparently, to make sure that the bleeding remained stable. He was watched for a couple of days. He remained stable and then discharged.
0: Now so the bullet okay just to sort of double check the bullet did not go through the skull it just did the damage it might have put a knocked like a chip of the skull into the brain or something
5: Um actually it didn't knock a chip into the brain necessarily it 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 did um crack the skull the the bony fragments are actually on the opposite side you know on the skin side rather than the brain side but it, you know you could get hit, hit in the head and, um, you know, nothing penetrate your brain. You know, if somebody hits you in the head with a hammer, they might not even fracture your skull, nothing penetrate your skull, but you could do a lot of damage to the tissue underneath still, um, you know, a bullet is a high velocity, um, uh, projectile that, um, you know, kick carries with it a lot of force and can do damage to tissue that it doesn't actually penetrate through. So, um, you know, ha- having that, um, the bleeding there that's noted with the, you know, with a skull fracture, um, the two wounds that were initially thought to be two separate gunshot wounds by the paramedics on scene turned out to be an entry and an exit wound. Um, it, it that, I mean, that's all very consistent to me.
0: I'm getting confused because you say an entry and exit, but it didn't. It didn't enter the
5: skull. It so didn't it, penetrate the skull, but it penetrated the scalp.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
5: So that's it, where I was it getting it Entered confused. the scalp from behind. Gotcha. At, at the area, you know, that we call the the parietal bone, which is the bone on the very top of your head, um, entered the scalp did damage to the skull, did damage to the tissue under the skull, uh, including some bleeding into spaces around the brain, and then um, and then exited back out uh, through the scalp towards the patient's front or face. Uh, okay, now okay. it makes sense Well, to let's me.
3: describe the situation that Eddie Smith described with his attorney. I guess when Smith says that he showed up uh, – to help Alec out, he wasn't aware. He he had done some handyman work for him. He shows up, and Alec is asking him to shoot him in the head. And he says he did not want to shoot him in the head, so they kind of scuffle for the gun. He was trying to get the gun away from him. The gun did go off during while he was, according to what he says, while he was wrestling the gun away from him. Um, says the gun did go off and ricocheted off the car, but did not hit him. Um, So is it possible that this ricocheted bullet did, in fact, hit him?
5: Yeah, I, you know, there's no way that I can, um, you know, based on these four pages of medical records, give an opinion about whether this was a ricocheted bullet or not. I mean, this could have been a bullet fired directly at him or it could have been a bullet that ricocheted off of something. We don't actually have the bullet itself you know the bullet wasn't retained in his tissue um so there's there's i i have nothing to go on as far as you know expressing an opinion about that
0: is it possible like how quickly does a guy bleed when something like that happens okay so it quickly happens uh, i tussle with somebody somebody gets shot and then i just grab the gun and i leave and i'm looking and i'm looking at him face to face and obviously, you said he was hitting the back of the head. Is there blood gushing immediately, or is it like a little delay? Or any way to tell?
5: Um, usually, I mean, the scalp is va- is very vascular, so it it tends to bleed. There wouldn't have been, you know, any real delay. It's not like you know you fall off your bike and skin your knee, yeah, and then you see that little white area, and then you know suddenly, then you know, capillary blood fills that up and. Um, you know, when, when you're a kid falling off your bike, it wouldn't have been like that. This, this would have bled, but not necessarily a whole lot. Um, the, okay. the paramedics told the air ambulance service that they thought that it was a small caliber weapon. The air ambulance, um, service made a note in their record that they didn't know what the EMS team was basing that opinion on, but. You know, these the the two wounds could have been quite small, depending on on the caliber of the weapon. Would you shave uh, somebody's head when that happened, like that spot or anything? Yeah,
3: because uh, let's tell Dan, like, when uh, the—just how many days after this accident did he appear in court for the bond hearing?
0: It was 12 days.
3: Okay, so 12 days after he was shot, he appears in court for his bond hearing. And he has absolutely no visible wound, nothing was shaved, there's no band-aid. So I think at this point, public outcry was like, wait, this does not make any sort of
5: sense. Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me either. I mean, if he had uh two wounds on the top of his head, you know, the 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 wounds on his scalp could have been fairly small. Um they they would not have shaved his head. That that they would not have. We've actually stopped, even for pretty significant scalp wounds that we have to repair. We've stopped shaving heads. The, um, some studies have shown that you actually increase the risk of infection if you shave close to the skin because of micro abrasions. Um, and so, so even if we have to repair, you know, we we get some pretty nasty scalp injuries. Um, uh, typically we'll take a pair of scissors and just trim the hair away enough, you know, to get to the wound, gotcha. uh, to, um, you know, to repair it, but we, but we don't shave heads anymore mm-hmm. and, um, uh, or at least close. I mean, we don't shave them close to the skin and these, you know, I, I, I don't have enough of the record here to right. know whether they put some, some staples or sutures in those wounds or not, but, but if the. When he um, so he was bandaged on scene. I think that the air ambulance team removed those bandages and then replaced them while he was en route. Um, they noted the wound to be um, hemostatic at that time, meaning it wasn't actively bleeding. And the um, I know that the um, uh, that in the emergency department he was hemostatic, so he wasn't. He by the, by that time he wasn't even bleeding. Oh, uh, In the ER.
3: I think the, the, uh, the only other thing we need to cover is his attorneys also, in this four-page report, uh, gives the toxicology report, and he is positive for barbiturates and opioids. And I think they're kind of presenting this as proof that he did have—I don't know if that's why they're presenting it, but that that's the information they gave as maybe possible proof that he did have this alleged opioid addiction.
0: Is that normal to do a drug test, or is that something maybe they requested or what?
5: No, that's pretty standard you know, for a trauma patient that comes in like that. Um, there's a there's a, a a trauma panel of labs that just automatically get drawn, and um and a urine drug screen would have been included in that.
0: Did his numbers look? Did, are the numbers on there? I mean, I didn't is, see that. is that
3: proof that he? I know it would be proof that he has an addiction, but is that proof that he Was did he pretty ha- high that he <laughs> had taken opioids prior to this incident?
5: No, actually, he was given fentanyl in the helicopter uh, on the ride for, he was complaining of head pain. Um, okay. So fentanyl is an opiate um, that, you know, could have made hit, you know, this urine drug screen positive all by itself. So it's impossible based on the drug screen to know whether or not he had taken, um. Extrinsic op- opioids. Whether he had some other opioid in his system prior to this incident, but but he also the, does t- test positive for uh, barbiturates. And he was not, as as far as I know, based on just these you know four pages, I don't see evidence that he was administered or a barbiturate before his urine drug screen was was um, was collected.
0: And a barbiturate could be a sleeping pill of some sort.
5: Yeah, so so barbiturates are um, they're sedative, um, anxiolytic um, uh, medications uh, used for a lot of things. Uh, you know, to treat anxiety, to treat um, they're they're included in some headache medications. Um, commonly used to treat seizure disorders, um, but also uh, drugs of abuse. They 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 are abused. Uh, uh, phenobarbital is a you know it's a real common. Um, commonly used and, and abused, um, barbiturate uh, Fioricet, which is prescribed for headaches, and you know, and migraine headaches has barbiturates in it, and, um, you know, th- that's a drug that gets um, gets abused, um, so it's certainly a drug of abuse um, and, and used that way, um, opiates as well, but again, in this case, you know, he was administered the fentanyl in the helicopter. So it's just, it's just not possible to, for me to know whether that, you know, whether we're seeing the fentanyl or whether, you know, there was also something else. It doesn't rule something else out, but it it does cloud that picture some. And, and it's important to note that this is a qualitative screen. So um, they have, they actually published the cutoff levels, you know, immediately ab- above the um, uh, the results. If you have less than that cutoff level it's going to be listed as negative on the screen. If you have above that, it's going to be listed as positive. but beyond that they're not measuring an amount so we' you, you don't know how much um barbiturate is present except that it's over the threshold of two hundred nanograms per milliliter for this particular test and you don't know how much um opiates are involved except that it's above. The cutoff for this test which is 300 nanograms per milliliter um but um so so all this is saying is just yes or no it's present but not how much is present
3: oh hey one more question i know when i was on the educated debutante the other night they mentioned several people i think she actually mentioned that could these records be not legit would they you know could someone could they
0: fake it or something yeah
3: could they fake these records
5: well if if somebody faked these they 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 were really good at it, um, you know, because they've included details that I don't think anybody other than a trauma physician would think to include. but also it would that would be a very simple thing to um to to confirm or not. i mean the the address of the hospital is right on these records. If these are faked. The hospital, I'm sure, would disown them. Well, you
0: you were you were fantastic. I mean, yeah. this is a great great insight into everything. Yeah,
3: very informative for those of us who are not medical.
5: Okay, you had seen you had mentioned that you had a question about um, um, the impact of um, oh, yes. COVID.
3: A lot of people also said on about COVID. You know that hospitals are full and. How could he possibly get a bed in the ICU with, you know, COVID flaring right now?
5: Yeah, well, fortunately, you know, in, in, there have been isolated incidents in the United States where COVID has filled up ICUs to the point where there are literally no beds. And um, and, and that does happen. I mean, that you know, even without COVID, I've been in ERs where we've had to board patients in the er waiting for an icu bed to become available Uh, that that happens a lot but fortunately we have in general been able to still take care of everybody that needs to be taken care of in this country and um and it's so somebody who's been shot in the head and needs an icu bed would very likely have been able to get one The, the fact that he was put in the icu just you know during COVID is, is not in and of itself anything to raise any questions or concerns in my mind. Good. Thank you, Dr. Brown. really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, we really, this has been very insightful for those of us who are not medical. We appreciate it. And thanks again for coming on.
5: Absolutely. Happy to do it.
0: Thank you. That was cool. I liked that uh, interview. It gave us some real uh, insight that I haven't seen a lot of places.
3: No, I definitely think it's important to talk to Professionals who understand better than just a regular person. Right.
0: (laughs) Us. We're regular people. Uh, We also want to tell you about the Stephen Smith uh, benefit that's going on.
3: Yes. It's going to be in Columbia, South Carolina on October 30th. And you can find out information about that event on their Facebook page, which is Standing for Stephen. We also have a link on our Facebook page, which is Murdoch Podcast.
0: And uh, once again, you want to thank your friends over at the Facebook page where you do the Facebook Live stuff. Yes,
3: Tales of the Educated Debutante. So we addressed some of the questions that we got from listeners to that the other night. So hopefully people found it informative.
0: There you go. Murdoch Podcast is where you can hit us up on Facebook with any comments you may have. And thanks again. We are always grateful, and we just aim to get justice for all those involved.
4: Download American Vigilante, now. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat